They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League. They combined for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Welcome in, episode 49, Train and Gross. Yeah. Back at Train Station Studios in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. It is absolutely gorgeous out today. That's what I'm talking about. We're uh, recording this on Wednesday before the big Cardinals-Packers game out in Glendale. I think it was like 70-some degrees today. Yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. And you know, the thing about the Packers-Cardinals is, before we get into that, I just want to say, it almost seems kind of a downer that they're not going to be full strength. Because oh, you, you want the you want the Packers to be full strength with obviously with their two receivers going out with with COVID, it, it does take a little bit of the the, the luster off of the the win if they're going to beat these guys and I think they're going to beat them. You I, almost wish you could flex out of these games because for instance, let's take a look at Monday Night Football this coming right. week: Chiefs and Giants. Put that garbage on Thursday. Put this game on Sunday. You know what I mean? And you have less of these issues. You'd love to be able to flex in <laughs> well, and out of some of these moments. And I think yeah, – I get it, and I understand why Thursday and Mondays you can't really move around because of the logistics involved. And you're right, B-Train. But, you know, the other side of the coin is – and I agree with you right now. Mm-hmm. If, if you forced me to make a pick, I'd say the Cardinals are going to win. But the other thing, too – in 2021, you don't take anything for granted because I think when the Cardinals had their issues, COVID-related, yep. said, "Oh, you're missing all three defensive starters." They all still this, got it done, and you still and your coach and your play, and you got it done. Yeah, and so you say, "All right, Packers are missing at least as we record this, a defensive coordinator, uh, a couple receivers. wide receivers, uh, the wide receiver for them, top top two wide receivers, arguably yes. for them." Yes, um, yeah, but at the end of the day, if you're lining up, you don't care. Like if some no. guys weren't. How does it work? They wear in green or white, whatever they wear. They wear in white stadium. with the yellow. The yellow tomorrow helmets. in the stadium, white and yellow. Oh, it's the, it's the uh, color. What do they call them? <coughs> color flex. So the Cardinals wearing black tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know. Is that crazy what they do thing. on Thursday? Night? Yeah, they do wear the they do wear the color flex. But crazy thing, before we get into that, man, I had a bird in the building today. That's because you had it all opened up because it's nice out. I had it, yeah, because we were talking about that, and I mean, how to get fr- in? It, it flew in, obviously. Well, obviously, but how did? I mean. Dumb question that was. I mean, hit him with the improperly. It wasn't dumb. It was improperly formatted. Like my question is, did he did he fly in through a door? Did you have the big door open? Air in the place out? Like that's how I got him out. I had to open up the big door, the garage door. First time I've done it since I've owned the building. And and you've only had one. Today's bird is the first bird in. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then I had to give it the bird. On the way out. Oh, hang on. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> See, I that was almost worthy of a hold-up. <laughs> I don't mess with birds, man. I don't like birds. I don't like snakes. Yeah, what? Gotta, I mean, I don't, what? I don't have. I don't like snakes or sharks. Snakes and sharks, they got home field advantage. I don't worry about sharks, man. Like I <laughs> home field advantage. Don't worry about that is an amazing way to put that. They have, especially the shark. That SOB's got home field. Advantage. He's got home field advantage. Am I, am I wrong? No, that's good. Well, okay. I've never heard how, how that. Do you guys feel, let me tell you this story and ask you how I feel about this creature. <laughs> I was at my brother's house in Michigan. It was mm-hmm. up late one night watching the Oakland A's Detroit Tigers baseball game, and yep. I saw, at the corner of my eye, I see something. Mm. It's a bat in his house. Oh no. And he's like, oh, yeah, we got this thing up in the up, and the no, bats sometimes no, get in the no, house. And no, he, had no. his, he had, like, this tennis racket, and he's like, I'll get it. So you guys no. were straight up – have you seen the movie The Great Outdoors? 
Yeah. I was sitting in his living room. So you had that. Yeah. Have you seen the great outdoors? No. Same situation. There's a bat. They even get a tennis racket in the house. To try to get it out of the house. Like, I got no use for it. Scorpions? Scorpions, spiders, I'll agree with both of yours. Snakes and, and, and sharks, sure. forget mm-hmm. about it. But, I mean, I don't, I don't birds, know. what the hell's wrong with a bird? You just shoot it's it away. flying around, man. It can just. You just shoot it away. Yeah. You, open the, you open the door like B train did. You He's inside. Away. He should be outside. Like, man, know your role. You're you know a bird. What? Get out. I think the bird was messing with me, though, because it kept flying yeah, around exactly. the perimeter. He didn't want to leave. And he didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. And I think he was probably looking for a nest. It may have been a female. Mm, you know, good call. And then you and I told this both a similar story. Yeah. The other thing that birds can do is they can dive bomb you. They can. They can, they can strafe you with the. Uh, yeah. I'm sitting at Oakland Alameda. Yeah, Oakland Alameda Coliseum, and at the end, mm. and B-Train would know this, being having played there towards the end of the third quarter, mm. up above the seagulls start to because they, they know mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot of food as soon as the stadium left over. Yep. Mm-hmm. They start circling, and we had been there. My girlfriend and I were there for the Chiefs game, yep. and it was raining a little bit, and I felt this. Mm. Drop on my leg. I thought I just rain. I looked down half a beat later, and no, that was a yeah, that was a different kind of different kind of drop. Yeah. Same with that me was. walking down the street in San Francisco. Mm. Sunny day, so there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. Boom, right on a blue sport coat. Wow, like on the like, shoulder, b- man. And this bird had a big lunch, man. I'm telling you. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> See, mine was on the leg, sitting on the dock of the bay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I wonder if they do. Who's in charge of the Seagull Guild? Like they're like, hey, hey, gang. Game over at the stadium today. Yeah. Set, yeah. set, your, yeah. set your seagull watches for they, 3.30. They we'll get the NFL schedule when it comes out. So it looks like October 14, uh, November Dude, 3rd. Chiefs are hilarious. in town. That's hilarious. <laughs> We're going to drop some science on those brothers. <laughs> so, yeah, hard pass on all the things. Like, stay in your lane. If you're a bird, stay outside. Don't come in, in train station. I mean, it came in. I mean, I'm doing my, I'm doing my session and, and, you know, my, my my client is like, hey, I'll help you at, when we're done. I was like, no, we're going to get this sucker out right <laughs> now because it kept talking, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to listen to the music, and I'm trying to coach him up. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I just hear this bird. What was know? a bird doing coming? Like, he either came in the front door or the back door. Like He had to come into the back door. The small – but it's not like a – No, it's not a big entrance. So, I, I, I really believe that – Damn birds. You know, but I think it was – I think it was trying to find a place to nest. Damn birds. But, you know, you can't make a bird a housewife. You know, oh, no, you know what I'm saying? Listen to this and guy. He, if they come did on. build a nest inside, you talk about a mess. A uh, mess. Oh, yeah, you don't want that. No, that's what I heard. Yeah, it's like, no, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. Bird was not the word. At all. Oh, uh, man. And put scorpions on that list, too, right, Sean? Oh, big time. Yes. Yeah, had an issue with that when I bought my house. And the first night we're in the house, we're getting ready to go to bed. And right, ne- right next to the bed on the wall, mm-hmm. there's a scorpion. Mm-hmm. I almost told Lindsay, pack it up. We're getting. Get out of the house. Get first the dogs. Night, I'm setting this place on fire. Just got keys that mm. day. Closed down the house. But I think I had enough. We're going to go ahead and get wow. out of here. Wow. But we got it under control. My yeah. first night in Arizona, same thing. I laid on the couch in the apartment we were renting right on the roof. The biggest thing I've – and then somebody goes, well, don't worry about the big ones. Their stings aren't as bad. I'm like, okay. Uh, Any yeah, kind okay. of sting is bad. I just yeah. moved I'll here from Colorado, have, hey, and you're telling I, me about a scorpion? I've got a uh, – no, I came honor, from Colorado too, came here. Honorable mention to the list, bees. Bees? I freak out when bees come near me. Freak out. Seriously? Oh, yeah, I don't know why. Now bees but don't do. bother me as much. Like I don't, I don't mess with bees. But you sound like my daughter's like screaming. Bees. Screaming. I mean, Wu Tang. Wu Tang. Killer bees. Yeah. Don't come at me with bees. Be on a swarm. Don't come at me with bees. Protect guys. your neck, baby. <laughs> Speaking of protecting, that's good transition. Uh, no, protect. You bought Never it. mind. It wasn't. <laughs> that's okay. Well, I get it. Close enough, though. Go ahead. Well, it is what it sounded like, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to transition out of this. Can it be that it was all so simple then? Yo. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Cardinals, Packers. You mentioned it. Mm. One lost team taking on mm. an undefeated team, mm. and you know, on Thursday night. On Thursday night, 
first of all, just to set the record, how hard is it for players? Take take the opponent out. Sure. Traveling on a Thursday night. It's the worst. Thursday night road teams are at the biggest disadvantage that you'll see in the NFL. It's almost as if the the, the only thing that could be somewhat worse is having a game Sunday or having a game Monday night and then having to be on the road on Sunday afternoon, play yeah. at a 10 o'clock. Yeah. Does that make a big – because you hear people talk about this all the time, the Monday to the Sunday. Yeah, because you get one less a, day of rest. Yeah, still a big, still a big yeah. issue. Yeah, those is. hours, though, those six, six, five hours, four hours difference, whatever it turns out if, to be, is that a big deal? If you play on Monday night, you mm-hmm. at least have to play in the West Coast. Right. Because if you go east, you're done. Forget about it. You're screwed because you got to play that 10 o'clock slot. You're playing yeah. bright and early in the morning. And then, like, I think there was a situation where we with Arizona, we played the Monday night, and then we had to go east. Oh. And it, it's brutal. Well, and you, you've talked about that. Everybody, NFL, football, and gen, creatures of habit. Yes. Mondays are certain days. Yes. Tuesdays are certain. Wednesdays are for this. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and you know when the you, practice. And, and understanding, you know, the almighty dollar rules all. That's why we have Thursday Cash night football. everything right? around me. You know, Amazon. Just, just keep them coming. Keep, keep the just hits keep coming. Them coming. Um, but that's why we have it, and they're not going away. That's right. And the mini buy after the fact doesn't change mm-hmm. the fact. I heard no. somebody on the radio today saying, when you take the field for your typical Thursday night game, you're still sore from the Sunday prior. So the Cardinals played home against the Texans. Yeah. The Packers played the Washington football team. Yep. Those players will still be sore from those games when they take the field tomorrow night Mike, in Glendale. When you get to the certain point in the season, you don't really like you don't feel like playing football until Friday, maybe Saturday. Mm-hmm. So to have to play a game Thursday, like if you've had a Thursday game week seven or later, you're kind of screwed. I don't know how the Cowboys do it every year. The Cowboys and the Lions, because they they do Thanksgiving, which is basically what, week 10, 11? Yeah. At that point, to try to play a Thursday game, I understand it's, it's, it's a holiday. History and, and tradition. You know, your body is kind of conditioned to it if you're playing for one of those teams. But when you're that tired and you're that beat up to have to rally that late in the season, that is an awful tall ask. Yeah. Well, they're going to play regardless. And yes, as we are. alluded to at the beginning, both teams are going to be down a little bit. Uh, whether it be COVID-related absences, mm. a lot mm. of injuries, to your yeah. point about week seven, came World out late this baby. afternoon. J.J. Watt will miss the game with a uh, shoulder issue. Um, coming back uh, off a of COVID list, Chandler Jones, I think wisely, they didn't, I don't know what his condition was, but they didn't rush him, didn't try to play him Thursday when Houston, um, excuse me, Sunday when Houston was in, give him that extra time to get ready. Hard to breathe. Yeah. Well, I've, I've saw, had COVID. It's hard to breathe. And we saw it with Chris Paul, too, when yeah. he came back, right? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So, uh, you know, giving him an extra four days to, to get it together. Smart. I guess if if you're going to be without J.J. Watt, you guess plugging Chandler Jones back in is about as good as it gets. But uh, they're going to play it, and it, there's a lot on the line when you look at it. Two of arguably the best teams in the NFC, Tampa and Dallas, would want part of that conversation. But – Green Bay and, and Arizona feel like they're going to be around when uh, decisions are made second week of January. And when you start thinking about the ramifications of playoff seedings. Yeah. If you've got to come to Arizona again, if you're Green Bay, you're, you're, you're past history as far as playoffs here in the big toaster out there at State Farm Stadium. You haven't had a lot of success. I no. mean, there have been some classic games. Classic. But it hasn't ended well. Yep. Uh, you, you, you've done your part to make it a great game, but you, you basically leave home – you basically leave that stadium – uh, with your season done. Yeah. And, and I was thinking the exact same thing. And, and whoever they are missing tomorrow night, they still have Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, we talk about Tom Brady playing until he's 45 or whatever. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers 
he's not showing any signs of slowing down at all. And, and you've talked about this before. If you're in the defensive uh, uh, preparation conversations for the Cardinals, what, do you, what are you looking at Thursday night when Aaron Rodgers comes on the field, regardless of who his wide receivers are? Uh, you better stay close to your team. You better stay close to your, your assignments in the passing game because he will give himself time to throw the ball down the field, and he is not afraid to launch that sucker. He will launch that, that ball at least 50 yards down the field at any given play. So don't think that he's out of a play or he's not looking at a receiver. Uh, trying. You, you better plaster. Plaster is the word that defensive uh, coaches use for defensive backs and linebackers. You better do that. And if you're a defensive lineman, you better make sure that you keep him contained because if he gets outside of that pocket – life is going to be that much more miserable for that rep. We've been talking a lot about the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get to the offense in a minute. You know, mm -hmm. when you talk about, well, Kyler Murray might be in the MVP conversation, we're going to talk he about is in the, MVP conversation. the offensive weapons they have at their disposal. You talk about the way they can also rush the ball. Yes. But I think this defense is, is starting to take on a personality of its own. It's, it's something that at the beginning of the year people were really questioning, particularly the secondary. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, and again, you, you don't put anything into the game against the Texans. But when you look at the body of work through seven weeks, there's a lot to, to like when you look at the Arizona Cardinals on the defensive side of the ball. Can we say that the Cardinals are almost destined? When you think of feel how like it? It, it feels like it because everything has come out in their favor. How in the world does – that Tennessee game go the way that it went in week one. And look at what Tennessee's done look since at what then. They're doing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But they caught Tennessee at the perfect time. Yep. You catch the Minnesota Vikings at the perfect time. Dalvin Cook gets hurt right when he is starting to get rolling. And then, you know, you start to, to, to you know, and they miss the field goal. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening in their favor. San Francisco, you got Jimmy G not playing. Then the Rams, you beat the Rams in uh, SoFi Stadium. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that have gone right for the Arizona Cardinals. And now you catch a Green Bay team without his top two yeah. receivers for, for Aaron Rodgers and company. Going back to the games that they've played already, and you talk about these things, the other thing that's so remarkable, and maybe it's the, you know, just the way you've come accustomed to look at things, but you, know, you go on the road, and so far, and we talked about this at the beginning of the season, we were kind of looking and breaking down the schedule and what yeah. to expect. Yep. And your road game so far this year, you go to Tennessee and you hang one on, on the Titans. Jacksonville. You, the Jacksonville game, whatever. Mm -hmm. Rams. Rams. Like, okay, that's, that's it. Because the, the road to the NFC West runs through the Rams. Your first crack at the Rams, who have owned you. Absolutely Previous eight you. games at lost. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you go to Los Angeles for the first game. And handle game. that. And you handle them by three scores. Yeah, and not then, even close. And then to the point about Cleveland, whatever they were, Cleveland was that team at, at the start of the season, one of the sexy picks out of the AFC. Don't a lot of injuries, the though. They had a lot of injuries. They did have a lot of Top injuries. Top two running backs. Right. But, you know what I mean? again, 37 to 14 in that one. And not close. That's a, to me, that's it – seem, it, it seems as if things are falling into place for this team. And I look at what Kyler Murray has been able to do. He's matured. To some degree, I still think Tom Brady's the MVP. I'll just put that out there. Sorry, Cardinal fans. But you have to put him in the conversation because of how he's grown and how he's protected the football. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that hasn't had to use his legs this far in the season, and I think that'll be a weapon going forward. And, and the fact that they've had great fortune as far as the key guys. Now, obviously, Rob, Rodney Hudson is a guy that you want back. He, he's a guy that is going to be very valuable once you get into December and, and mm -hmm. into the playoffs and things of that nature. So we're not going to discount that. But they've had a lot of great fortune and things really fall into place for them 
thus far in the season. Part of the reason Kyler Murray is in that MVP conversation along with the likes of Tom Brady is the way he distributes the ball. And I'll ask you the same question about the Cardinals that I asked you about the Packers because okay. Sean brought up, I think, a really good point when we were getting ready to start this thing. Thank you. Yeah, you were all right. Uh, wow. Receiving. Mm. You look at the – You look at the. Now I won't even say weapons, just the, the, the way he distributes the ball. Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got four guys over 400 receiving yards. And you just brought in a former All-Pro tight end. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. Rondell Moore, who is a rookie, and you don't have any expectations. A revelation. uh, Already over 300 receiving yards. A revelation. A a walking revelation. Every time he touches the ball, he's a threat. (laughs) Yep. And then on the other – on the rushing side, you know, again, they're not – They're not. They've done enough. They've done enough. But it's a two-headed monster. 68 carries, 397 yards for Chase Edmonds. 89 carries, 336 yards for James Connors. And, oh, by the way, you know, they've got six rushing touchdowns out of Connors. So, I mean, it's to me, what do you do? What do you do if you're game planning right now? Picking your poison. you got to take away something. you got to take away the run for sure because that's, that's a slow death. That's like death by a thousand cuts. And if you start to allow these receivers to really get loose and, and, and really start to get funky with it, then it, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's, it's going to be a long day for you because Kyler knows how to get the ball down the field, and these receivers are actually going up and, and winning those one-on-one matchups for him. So it, it, it's fun to watch. This is an exciting team. They're one of the more surprising teams yeah. in the NFL. There's a lot of people out there that are hating, not wanting to give them that credit. They still would take Tampa Bay over them. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when that moment arrives. Well, to your point, though, whoever it is, mm-hmm. and, and you look at you know, the NFC is loaded at the top. Top loaded, yes. Very top heavy. And home field advantage number one seed, whoever it is. going to be key. So key this They're year. They're fighting There's for only it. one. Yeah. There's only one. And you talk about Tampa. You talk about Dallas. You talk perhaps a rematch with Green Bay. You know, you much rather have it in Glendale, Arizona. I know uh, Tampa went to Green Bay and won the NFC Championship game last year, but I, I, I don't want to roll the dice on that again if I'm in the NFC. So whoever you are, whoever the team you're rooting for is, that number one seed is critical this year. You know, I, and we start to talk about that MVP. When I look at Tom Brady's weapons, he's got an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. You look at the Arizona Cardinals, they've got an embarrassment of riches. And when you start dissecting and and start to split hairs as far as who's going to get MVP votes, you start looking at who are they throwing to. Mm -hmm. Both of these these quarterbacks have a ton of weapons to throw the ball to. And you you talk about receiver, tight end, running back. I I mean, it's almost a push when you start talking about the talent level. But, I mean (laughs) – I'm I'm excited. I'm ex- yeah. I'm 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 going to temper my my excitement for the Cardinals because you don't want to get too high too fast. There is a second half of the season and and th- there's always going to be some sort of curveball that happens and and we know that they're not going 17 and 0 in a regular season. We know that, but uh, real quickly before we get out of here, we we kind of touched on it, but you know, with all the the, the receiving weapons he's got, Zach Ertz. Oh, by the way, you know, you know <laughs> already making his presence catch called. touchdown catch Thursday night for the Eagles. Fast forward what, eight, ten days? Nine, ten days later, the longest touchdown catch of his career for the Cardinals. For the Cardinals, how about that? Three catches for sixty-six yards and a touchdown. So you already had an embarrassment of riches. Now you got to worry about the middle okay. of the field. Oh yeah. And uh, if you follow us on Twitter at Training Gross, we did a poll last week. Yeah. And uh, just to revisit the results of that one, it was interesting. We asked the question, and it's still up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going to happen first? Will the Cardinals lose a game, or will the Detroit Lions win a game? 
Mm. Because the Lions, bless them, mm. bless their hearts, uh, are still winless. They tried. They tried. That was that, an amazing first quarter. I told you you were going to love Dan Campbell. I told you you were going to love this guy because he is sparing no expense to try to win a game. Onside kicks, fake Dude. punts. I mean, what, what else do you want the man to do? The, the first quarter against the Rams, like, he, he threw the kitchen sink at him. He yes, just he doesn't did. have the weapons to, to sustain it, but – they get the they win the toss. I can't be mad at him. They win the toss. They drive for a touchdown. Yes, cool. You're up seven nothing on the road. Oh, by the way, immediately try an onside kick. That's cover it. Yeah. You get the ball back. Sorry, you go to fourth down. All right, no problem. You punt. Fake. Fake. Yeah. And you convert. Yeah. And you get a field goal out of it. Ten nothing. You're up like eight nine minutes off the clock, and the Rams haven't even touched the ball yet. That's right. Our listeners said that fifty three percent of them thought that the Lions would get a win. Mm. Before the Cardinals, forty-seven percent would get a loss. Wow! And that's still that's still live. It's still viable. The I, the, <laughs> the Lions have the I've been there, Mike. Lions have the Eagles in Detroit on Sunday, and Ooh. of course, as we've been talking about, Cardinals tomorrow night as we record this mm-hmm. from Glendale with the Packers. My rookie year, Mike, we started zero and ten, and it was as rough as it gets. And you I've, didn't you didn't lose ten games in South Bend. I didn't I didn't lose ten games in my career up until that point. Total. That's going high school football. Well, I, I lost ten in basketball because I mean we we you know we we we're a football school. Yeah, we're yeah. But I'm saying as far as my high school career basketball, we I lost more than ten games. But you know your boy your boy was nice. I just yeah, didn't I have you. that jump. <laughs> but uh, w- when I think about that, when you are in that situation like the Detroit Lions, it's tough. Yeah. Getting to practice on Wednesday is tough, Mike. Yeah. Because you put in all this work. And then you don't get the payoff at the end of the week. And and sooner or later, you just get to a point like, when is this ever going to end? Like, okay, we know we're not going to the playoffs now. We, we've reserved ourselves to that. Now let's salvage some sort of, 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 of dignity and pride by getting at least one win. And we were able to go – I think we had a two-game winning streak after that because we beat the defending Super Bowl champions at the time, Green Bay Packers, uh, in RCA, State, RCA Dome. And uh, they eventually got back to the Super Bowl and lost to the Broncos. Real quickly before we get out of here in this segment, you got to, we were talking with Sean before we came on. Your Barry Sand, two Barry Sanders stories that were amazing for you. My two you, tackles. You, your two tackles against Barry <laughs> Sanders. And I don't know, I'll, I'll let you decide if you name your teammate who tapped out <laughs> against Barry Sanders. That's up to you whether or not you name, so, you name him or not. So, you know, this was Barry Sanders' MVP season. And uh, – we, we felt pretty good about our game plan. We weren't going to let Barry get out of there, which everybody says that. But uh, a hot 220 yards later, I mean, it was a quick hot 220 yards. Uh, he had two 80-yard runs against us. And it was one of those, like, okay, you stop him, you stop him, stop him, boom, he explodes. Stop him, stop him, stop him, boom, he exploded again. And then you see our starting safety, my man, Robert Blackman. <laughs> Pulling up, you know, he's going down the field, and then he, you know, you see him holding his hamstring, drifting off to the right on the screen. It just, it, it was just one of those where you just knew, like, okay, we we, we give Barry, we, we you're, you're great, you, you're one of the greatest. So we're just gonna, we're just gonna let you have it. But that was the game where I had my two career tackles against Barry Sanders, and I will put that above any of my sacks that I had in my career. Talking solo. Two solo tackles. Solo tackles. Uh, two solo tackles against the Barry Sanders. Love it. So Sean asked a, I've, again. I hate to to say nice things about him, but Thank he you. asked a, a good question because Sean and I know. For, I've watched him in the Silverdome, sure. or you watch him on TV, or now you go to YouTube, yeah. Google Barry Sanders yeah, highlights, and you could kill an mm. hour. Mm. 
Easy. Uh, and so that's how people, most people know him. What was it like, take your tackles out for a minute, what was it like watching Barry Sanders field from, level. The, from field level from the other side of the line? It was terrifying. It was terrifying because you didn't want to be that guy. You didn't want to be the guy that had the NFL films run 10 years later and you're sitting there with your, your kids and, and maybe grandkids, and, you know, they're like, Papa, what happened? Barry Sanders had you in the spin cycle, man. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you look like you never played football before. Like, you were kind of scared. Like, he had you doing the cha-cha slide in the middle of the play. <laughs> Papa, let me ask you this. Papa, why did that slide man break? to the left. <laughs> Papa, why did number 20 break your ankles? Slide to the right. <laughs> <laughs> One hop this time. <laughs> so at five foot pop eight, pop. at five foot eight, chalk went up for the short guys, right? So oh that's another reason God. to love Barry Sanders. But was it easy you being on an end, and maybe they run to the opposite side that you mm-hmm. just lose him? Like you just you just don't know where he's at, oh, and all can, of a sudden, pop, there he goes. Yeah, because you could absolutely lose him, and 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 mind you, even his his offensive line will admit they weren't the greatest. Sure, but they were big enough to where he could get lost in the trees. And if you lost sight of Barry at any point, which it was a cardinal sin, no pun intended, because I was playing for the Colts at the time, to lose sight of that guy, it was absolutely you were going to get pulled to the bench and you might not see the field again. And on those two tackles, Barry, I don't know why he decided to just go down and, and, and play give up, but one of them he played <laughs> give up. Like he didn't, he didn't fight at all. He just he let me have it. And I think I told him, I was like, hey, thank you. Thank you so very much. <laughs> thank you for letting me have this. Yes, thank, thank you, you for letting me have this. And so I helped him up. I was like, dude, if I got a credit tackle for Barry Sanders, I'm, I'm at least going to help the man up because I don't want him to think that I was trying to talk noise and him make me a highlight the next play. <laughs> that's, that's smart. Yeah, so I got another tackle. I think because I got on his good side, Stay I got, good got side. another tackle. He didn't, he didn't go down for me on that one, but I was able to get that solo tackle. And I'm telling you, I've I, – 65 career regular season sacks, I would put those two tackles up there as far as highlights. Closest person you played to Barry Sanders in terms of running back that, that, that had you worried while you were on the field. Was there anybody? You know one guy Marshall that Marshall Falk, did you play against Marshall? Oh, of course. I yeah. played with Marshall Falk. That's oh, right. In, 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 in Indianapolis, yeah. and I had a cup of coffee in St. Louis. You right. know what I mean? So uh, during camp, uh, it was decaffeinated. But um, – <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> would he be one of them though? Mark? He was a guy that could cut. He could drop. He could. He could cut at the drop of a dime. One guy that that was an, a terror was Chris Johnson. And oh, we, absolutely. We played against Chris Johnson in Tennessee in 2009, the year he went for 2K. And I'm telling you, he was a guy that you had to make sure that you were in your responsibility uh, as far as your gap, because if you let him get out and you let him get going. You were not catching. What's that acceleration like? Like just gone. Uh, I mean, I can't even describe it because I've never had that kind of acceleration <laughs> in my life. So I, I don't know what that gear looks like. He was like. much more. I mean, he was shifty. Don't get me wrong. But once he gets north south, forget about that it. That north right? south. I mean, once he put that head down and you start seeing those those dreads flying, <laughs> yeah. all you're looking at is the back of that two eight and Johnson. That's all you're gonna see. Did he play in the era where they put the chips in the shoulder pads and get them from zero to twenty-five? Or, I don't know. Right? I don't think I'm, so. I mean, but it was it was. I would have loved to have seen he and Tyreek Hill go at it in their primes. Uh, I think it may have been a draw. He was that fast, man. We can always count on you to go back in the way back machine. I love it. That's I love the stories. Paw, paw, paw. Now think about this. Now the Cardinals say what you want about their ability and desire to run the football. They've had some all-time backs. 
Edge. Wear the Cardinal uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Emmett, Edge. Who am I forgetting? Larry Centers. Who am I forgetting? Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. He was, I, that's right. We were just talking about Peterson. Yeah. Adrian Peterson. They just Peterson. had him on the wrong side of their careers. Yeah. I mean, but I'm just saying. Well, like, I mean, Edrin, that's when, very true. When he, I mean, you start to add him up, there's, there's a handful of them. He's all-time great. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And when you guys went to the Super Bowl, Edgerman he was, was a there. big part of it. He that. was a huge part of it. He so it wasn't all the way done. And, and when Barry, or when, uh, Barry, when Emmett was here, I forget it was his first or second year. Second year. He, he was the leading scorer on My that My first team. year here. So it wasn't like he was just there collecting a check. He, he, was, he came 12 yards from 1,000 yards. Yeah. People forget about that. They think of it, you know, because he wasn't leading the league in rushing Emmett, that he was just here collecting a check. But no, he played he, well. He, he the numbers balling. were decent. He was yeah. balling. I'm, I'm telling you, 12 yards from 1,000. Yeah. Was, I, I wonder what he was thing. thinking, though, because I think the year before you got here, did, you didn't play. They he did got a, hurt. They did an exhibition game, though. Not an exhibition. They did an open practice when they were getting the whole Glendale thing at, at uh-huh. Glendale High School. Oh, wow. And the Cardinals made a big deal where they, they refurbished the field. They put they bought their turf and mm-hmm. they put it in a high school. So it was beautiful, mm-hmm. but it was Glendale High School. Right. And Emmett, you know, he's used to all the trappings of playing in Big D. Yeah. And he rolls out. This is his first uh, exposure <laughs> to the public in Arizona. <laughs> at oh, a high school. Oh, by, at Glendale High. Wow. Oh, by the way. All right, that's going to do it for some football talk. On the other side, NBA's underway. Yeah. Sun's in the news. What? We've got a week to let this kind of percolate. We'll talk about that coming up it's next on Training Gross. It's time for the percolator. Train and gross. NBA season underway. Yeah. Phoenix Suns, mm. one and two to start the season. Mm. Had a couple days to kind of mm-hmm. let this story settle. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it hit like a hurricane Friday afternoon. Yeah. Where uh, apparently there's a bombshell story coming from ESPN yeah. on the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. And think of all the isms that you don't want to be associated with. Mm-mm. Apparently, he's associated with them in this article. Mm. And um, look, you know, you talk about the Suns and, and just that magnificent run they had last summer. Yeah. And, and what they bought to this town and the, you know, just amazing ride that everybody had. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, all right, this team is constituted essentially the same. No distractions. Let's, you know make another run at it because hey guess what after missing the playoffs for over a decade that was fun yeah and now you know whether or not the deandre Ayton contract situation is a distraction or not mm-hmm. that's a blip on the radar compared to what hit friday afternoon yeah and when you start talking about personal issues and 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 workplace uh discomfort it's going to always bring a lot of red flags, and yep. it's actually going to bring a lot of people that don't even care about sports into the to the fold. Exactly, because anybody can relate to to the workforce being uh, toxic. You know, when your workplace is toxic and and you don't enjoy going to work every day, that that's something that transcends sports. And so, a lot of people are going to come in and and they're going to have their opinions. I just want everything to be factually based. I want things to be airtight. So, whatever you come to the conclusion of. You got to make sure that that it's not just an opinion of Robert Sarver. I know a lot of people who are sports fans and who are Suns fans have their own opinions yeah. about Robert Sarver from a basketball standpoint. But when you start bringing up these type of allegations, Mike, it has to be something that is airtight and nothing that has any chance for wiggle room. Yeah, absolutely. And and we don't know what's in the story. You know, it was uh, there was a an NBA. Uh, blogger, podcaster, you know, whatever, you know, he, he hit it where he's got, you know, the information on the story. He dropped that tweet on Friday afternoon and it just kind of exploded. But there was no context to your point. There was no details, nothing given. He did some radio, uh, gave some conversations around 
what he thinks is in it, what, what may or may not be in it, but until it actually comes out. And importantly, I think that people are on the record uh, so, we can, so we can get into it and see what's happening. You know, you have to reserve judgment. Mm-hmm. But I think in this day and age, when you look at how stories play out, yeah. um, you know, I would imagine that in the NBA offices back in New York City, that uh, they're on high alert waiting for this because they didn't, they didn't you know, I, I won't say they didn't waste any time, but in, in the terms of how you remove an owner, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Yep. But, you know, once, once it became clear what Donald Sterling was guilty of as the owner of the Clippers, they moved, and, and they removed him from the ownership uh, police. And I, I would imagine that's kind of they're, – they're, they're doing their due diligence right now in the NBA office. And I, I think, too, when you start talking about Donald Sterling, the thing that made it so easy for them to act swiftly was the fact that they had video evidence and, yep. and audio evidence of him actually saying things that were, you know, that would not uh, point him in a, in a great light. Yep. And I think if you're – you know, if you're, you're you're Sterling, you've got to have something like that in order to make this move with Robert Sarver. I, I don't know if it's, if a he said, she said is going to be enough to have the same effect that you had when you had Donald Sterling because there was so much evidence there was. against Donald Sterling that the NBA could really could, – they could just act and just be like, we're, we're laying down the hammer and we're not going to, to hold back any you, – you're done as far as ownership – of the Los Angeles Clippers. And that's a good point. And, and this came up, and, and I found this uh, online in, re- in relation to the Clippers situation because mm-hmm. the question came up, well, you just can't take a franchise from a guy. You no. just can't do it. Well, actually, you can. Yes. You can. Under terms of paragraph 13 of the NBA Constitution, the owners also have the right by a three-fourth vote to revoke ownership if an owner fails to fulfill a contractual obligation in such a way as to affect the NBA or its properties. Yeah. So, you know, if, if – They're bad for business, basically. Whatever, that's it. If you give <laughs> us a black eye, we will take your team. Absolutely. We, and we'll, we'll sell it. And mm-hmm. So it's not like you know, Robert Sarver is going to walk away and, and be Bro, destitute. No. But the owners, if it's – so that's really the, the judge and jury here. Yeah. You know, it'll play out in the media. And to your point, like, you know, the, 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 it may not be as clear cut as what we had – with the Clippers situation, but depending what's in it and what's being said, and as I said, it's there's a number of isms attached to what Robert Sarver is has allegedly done. Yeah. So we have to wait and see. And what needs to happen, and who knows if it will in today's day and age, regardless of what you already thought of the man, whatever's in that article, whatever makes you feel some kind of way needs to be you need to know that it's true. You know what I mean? A lot of times, right? You got to verify. Said. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and yeah. it's dangerous as hell. Like the the initial report last what was that Thursday, Friday, whenever that thing was Friday Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, the tweet that came out was Robert Sarver accused of this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Well, in the court of public opinion, and the way people react on social media now, Robert Sarver is those three things. Yep. Yeah. You, you haven't heard a word. Nothing has been you know yep. uh, guaranteed. Nothing yep. has been has been proven. Yep. But in the court of public opinion, they are you are that now, and that's just that's just incredibly dangerous. So when you read this article, whenever it hits, if it hits yep. at all, just keep that in mind. Like so, you know, keep that. We, we don't do that enough in today's day and age. You just instantly jump to something. Keep that in mind. Let me let me let me let me run this by you guys. We've seen the history of Robert Sarver, and it hasn't been great in mm-hmm. the last 10 years or the, the 10 years previous to last year when they were able to make that magical run. If you are guilty of those things, 
do you not want that attention on your team if you're Robert Sarver? Because I remember when they clinched, what was that, in uh, L.A. against the Clippers? Mm -hmm. For a guy that was getting his first opportunity to go to the finals, he seemed very, very reserved. He seemed very, you know, indifferent about it. Like, you know, he got the interview and, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's great. And, yep. and we're, we're excited about the opportunity. Like, usually if you're an owner and, and, and you've worked so hard to, to, to build a team to be a champion, like you're the first one to be hugging everybody. You've got yeah. this big smile that they can't take off your face. I didn't see any of that. So do you think – the attention that was brought based on the success of the team actually led him to be exposed in the way that he is because now you're shining a lot of a lot of bright lights on Phoenix Suns and yeah. and now you know some of the things that you've maybe been able to hide in the darkness have now come to light. Well, apparently this story's been in the works for months, so it could have been that he got wind of it or he was aware of it. Maybe he was approached by ESPN for, you know, his comments or his take or his, to defend himself. I don't know, but you, you raise an interesting point. You know, if you know this is out there but it hasn't come public, you can look at him and say, damn, that's an odd reaction for a guy who just, uh, you know, having missed the playoffs for as long Ten as he years, did, then all of a sudden go to the finals. fast forward to where he is, that's a very odd reaction. But, it, you know, the, the supposedly this guy has worked on the story for over six months, interviewed hundreds of people. So maybe Robert Sarver was aware that it was lurking out there. And to your point, the bright light would make this thing burn even hotter when it does, did drop. I, 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 again, all of this is speculation yeah. to Sean's point. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, he deserves his day in court. But, again, the court that Robert Sarver will be tried in is not something that the three of us, I think, can relate to. It, it, it is the owners, yes. right? Yep. You know, and to your point about vetting it out and when billionaires get together and put their mind to figuring something out, resources ain't going to be an issue. Like mm -hmm. if they got to figure it out, mm -hmm. you know. and Hire they, the best lawyer. They, they'll do what they have to do, <laughs> you know, whatever their version of protect the shield is. Mm. Um, the other side of the coin, though, is, you know, owners like billionaires, right? Like how do you relate to that? Like is Robert Sarver a jerk to, to kind of like that general point? Maybe, but he's a billionaire. Like I, I don't, I don't operate in the same circles he does. Like I don't know what the air is like where Robert Sarver is, and I don't know any NBA or any professional sports owners that go out of their way to say, "Look, I'm doing this to be liked." Like, right? Look no, around like, to make money. Look at the four owners in this town, yeah. right? You know, there was a mini version of the story hit the Coyotes uh, sometime in the springtime, where apparently there was things under the previous regime and whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Ken Kendrick is. <laughs> Google it yeah. if you want to know about Absolutely. Ken Kendrick. Absolutely. Uh, Michael Bidwell over the years has had his, you know, mm. uh, you know, stories and opinions. Yeah. Uh, and now Robert Sarver. And even before this came out, it wasn't there like there was a Robert Sarver love fest. We're not confusing Robert Sarver with Jerry Colangelo anytime, anytime soon no. in this town. So even without this story, it's not like Robert, there's a Robert Sarver fan club bouncing around the Phoenix area. And, you know, I'd be very interested to get the opinions. And, and I, I hate to have to go here, but – when I think about James Jones and I think about Monty Williams, when this is going on above you in the same mm -hmm. off in the same building that you're doing your job and doing your job well enough to get the team to the finals, how are you feeling if this stuff is actually true? Because some of that stuff, you know, now, you know, a lot of it was was, you know, say what you want, but. If, if, if any of it's racially motivated, I mean, how do you feel as a black man 
working for this guy. We saw the same thing with yeah. Donald Sterling because Donald Sterling had a great history of hiring minorities yeah. as far as head coach and general manager. Uh, you know, so it you always kind of wonder, like, okay, if you're going above and beyond, what what what's happening here? Not that that should be a question. But it, it does raise suspicion. Well, there was somebody to put this out on Twitter, and I circled it. Chris Paul went to the Clippers, got a $107 million extension, and got Donald Sterling out of the league. And a decade later, he went to the Suns, got a $120 million extension, and now he's dealing with Robert Sarver. Wow. So, you know, Chris Paul might might know about wow. that, right, wow. in terms of – you know what it's like to, intimately, to, like to he knows operate, firsthand to operate in that type of yeah. uh, in that type of situation. Yeah, so, but that's a player though. That's not a head coach, and that's not a general manager. No, true mm-hmm. point. But I'm saying? just saying. No, I understand. Yeah, you know, especially the general manager where you're so close to the owner, like so close to the owner in terms of you know day to day operations. Like you know, I would imagine that as he should, it's his money. If Robert Sarver says, "Hey, we're not going to do a deal, or we're going to do a deal, or hey, let's do this for Chris Paul or whatever." The money they they have to work closely together. I would have loved to have had a, 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 a an adult beverage with Elgin Baylor and just picked his brain about Donald Sterling. Mm. Like, how did you really feel about this guy? Like, did you see it coming? Something had. I mean, you, you're not that kind of guy, and you don't see it, and you're that closely related. To your mm-hmm. point, Mike, when you work that closely with the owner, you you have to see something. Yeah. So then, when you're talking about James Jones, a guy that has been, you know in great organizations, and he's been places where the owner was not so great, Hello Cleveland, Yeah, uh, it just kind of makes you wonder, like, what what are some of those private conversations? Yeah. Like, did you know about this and you just played the professional role to yeah. the hilt to, to keep your name out of it? I mean, you know, what what was really going on? No, it's, it's, it's a fascinating question, and, and whatever happens, it's going to get played out. Yes. It's going to get played out. Yes. And um, – you know, I guess I'll I'll end this where I began it. It's a distraction they don't need. It's a distraction they don't need as they – look, it was, you know, the flagship station, you know, last week, you know, leading up to the opener, mm-hmm. everybody, all the excitement. When was the last time that happened? You know, it, 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 it the narrative about the Suns changed so much last year. Yep. And now this just feels like a huge cloud over it again. So, so let me ask you this. When you start talking about fan base – and how they feel about the Suns, they just got over a 10-year drought, yeah. which was as bad as it got because the Suns are the, the, the fave here in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Did one finals appearance override those 10 years? And now that you've got this coming back against the guy that's the owner, yeah. do you erase that good feeling that you had from last year? Can I- anything uh, damper – that 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 run that they made last year. It's a, that, that's a great question because I think the relationship between fans and their teams is well, the owner is never really in it. It's not in the equation. And this town, we all know it. This town is a front-running town. Oh, you well, know, everybody's transplants. Everybody's the, from somewhere else. That and you know, we love a winner. So, like mm-hmm. you know, you know, Robert Sarver could be freaking Santa Claus, and or he could it, be the Grinch. And if he's Missing the playoff for 10 years in a row, you're going to get what you got, which is an empty building Mm. a lot of nights Mm. during that stretch. Mm. And, again, the Bidwell family didn't have the greatest reputation in town. And, you know, they were everybody's favorite, though, the year you all went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Look at the Diamondbacks. Yeah. The year that they set the attendance record wasn't the Super or the World Series year. The the year after. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a weird town. Yeah, it is. a weird town. Um, a lot and, of and I, I, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, yeah. I really like. I'm not interested to see it because of what's associated with it. 
but it's going to be interesting to watch it play out. And so now you, you think about all of those aspects, but then let's think about the on-court. Everybody got better. Golden State got better. The Lakers got better. Like I'm, Jazz got better. Nuggets got better. Check, check, and check. And we talked. We danced around it a little bit last time. And, again, we're, we're four games into an 82-game NBA season. Sure. So we're not going to overreact. But, but you can look at some things and say, oh Golden, no. Golden State? When they get Clay back? They are in the conversation, <laughs> and particularly when they get Clay back. And the other Ooh. thing, if they can continue this, Clay can ease on in. Like, yeah. like the pressure, every time they win a game, the pressure is off of Clay Thompson to come back and do anything more so than he's really physically capable of doing. I think about Jamal Murray. Go with the MVP of last year. Joker got hurt last night. Yeah, I mean, that's that's such a bummer. I mean, Denver – He mean, went down it, like a – he chopped down a tree, man. I mean, and then you got the Utah Jazz, you know, I mean – Jazz are playing like they got a chip on their shoulder. Well, I like mean – Like it should have been their year last year. Well, I mean, hey, you know, you got to win. You got to win when it counts. You can't you can't be a regular season yeah. team and then fold like a like a cheap lawn chair when you get into the playoffs. And I heard this is not an original thought, but once they said it, it – um, I started looking and paying attention. Memphis is interesting. John Morant, John Morant is one of the more underrated. Yes, if it's not freakishly for, talented. If it's not for Lamelo Ball, he is the story of the first part or first couple games of the yeah. NBA season. But Lamelo Ball, I think we all have to give a little bit of Maricopa to 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 Levar Ball. He was right about his sons. He was right about both of them. Yeah. As crazy as he was in his antics, how he talked about it and how he he you know talked them up. Man just wanted to sell shoes. Both of those, well, bo- both of both of those guys are playing at a really high level right now. And the East is just as boring as I thought it would be. Four games into it, man. And the Bulls can, and the but the Bulls, Bulls, the Bulls and the Hornets, where both of his sons play, actually have a chance to yeah. make a step, take yeah. a step forward. Now it, that's top heavy. You know, they're not going to be up there with the Sixers and the, the Nets and the Bucks, but they can take a step towards being yeah. respectable again. NBA season just getting started. We'll keep Gotta an eye on it. it. But uh, like I said, this uh, feels like there's a little bit of cloud hanging over things. On the other side, college football. Yeah. Can't forget about that. Coming up, Train and Gross. Woo. Train and Gross. <laughs> Big story college football this week, of course. Notre Dame beat USC 31-16. Does anything I mean, else matter this week? You know, we always practice safe sex. We always use the condoms. Mm. So I don't know which button I'm hitting. <laughs> yeah, hit, 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 hit him with something. Hit him part, with something. part of me wants to just go hold up. with the hold up. Wait. Part of me wanted to go here, but you know. Wait. I mean, you never graduate. Mm. You so, never graduate. No, you never do. <laughs> that's going to be my ever graduate. That's going to be the question when you look at that game. Mm. Does it matter that USC's on all kinds of hard times and no? You know, they're they're because if they beat us. They would get all the credit in the world for beating us, right? Yeah. So no, less less. We we got we took care of business. Now the funny thing about it is I've got so many USC friends that it almost felt bad to to to, to celebrate that win. But I'm gonna celebrate that damn win because it is the condoms. I mean the the, the Trojans. There you go. So anyway. how how you feeling about? We talked about this before. How you feeling about your Irish right now? With one loss, obviously the the home loss to the Bearcats. They are not a top four team in the, in the college football right now. That pains me to say that, but that is just the truth. They were dominated by Cincinnati, who is struggling to keep their spot in those top four as far as 
uh, being in the college football playoffs. It's going to be interesting when the first official rankings come out, when we get to see what it is. And I, I, I get it. You know, when you're Cincinnati, this is, this is rarefied air. You haven't been here before, so you shouldn't have to, to, to get up every week. And the knock against Cincinnati when it's all said and done is no disrespect to Notre Dame, will be the strength of schedule, will be the opponent. Yeah. And you know playing Navy, you played them, mm. Army, Navy, when you play the service academies, that's Air a Force. hard game. No matter how good your team yeah. is, it's a hard it's a game to style. get up for, it's right? It's a different and style. So they traveled to Annapolis. They played that game on campus in Maryland Give and won by that. a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, but they won. You, you, you win in advance. It's not about style points, but it is about style points. And in, the, in college football, it is. And, and the thing about it is I think Georgia and Alabama are still laughing their asses off because they know no matter what, if those two teams continue to play the way that they're playing, mm-hmm. they will be in it. They yeah. will be there. So then there's only two spots left, and there's four other conferences. Right. So good luck to the other four conferences fighting for two spots. Yeah, and then Cincinnati is not in the other conferences, so they're kind of they're hoping and praying and hoping and wishing. You know, and and I guess the question is for the selection committee, let's say Georgia and Alabama are on a collision course, they play again. Mm-hmm. Let's say Georgia wins a second time and hangs a second loss on Alabama. Do you take a two-loss Alabama or do you take an undefeated Cincinnati team? Because, I don't know. Yeah, because I'll, I don't know. I'll, I'll qualify it because we talked about this off air a while ago. I don't feel like Cincinnati is a novelty similar to whenever Hawaii, and it was a long time ago now. No, they're not Hawaii. They're not, remember, Hawaii went to the Sugar Bowl undefeated. Everybody's like, oh, you got to put them, you got to put them in, and then they got worked in the Sugar Bowl. So they're not Hawaii. They're better than Central Florida was the year they were undefeated. So they, they still don't get up to that level. And the thing about this is, Mike, if you are the, the Big 12 and you're the Big 10, you have got to prop up Oklahoma and Michigan as best you can. You've got to yep. because they're your only shots of getting into this thing because, again, as we've said, there's four teams that are going to get in. Georgia and Alabama are going to get in. If they don't lose another game, and I know they're going to have to play each other in the SEC championship game, but if it's a close game mm-hmm. in the SEC championship game and, and Georgia's able to knock off Alabama – I still don't think that there's going to be enough people in that, that, that room that are going to just say Nick Saban and company, they should, they should probably go to the Outback Bowl. I, I just don't see them doing that to that program. So the top four in the rankings this week. Now, this is not the college football playoff rankings. This mm-hmm. is just the regular old AP rankings. There you go. Georgia number one, mm-hmm. Cincinnati number two, mm-hmm. Alabama three, and Oklahoma four. To your point, Oklahoma undefeated out of the Big 12. Huge game in, in Michigan this weekend. Michigan, Michigan State, both undefeated. And I would argue, as painful as this is for me, is I, you said Michigan and Oklahoma. I would say Michigan or Michigan State and Oklahoma because if Michigan State wins this game against Michigan, I believe it's in East Lansing, they still have Ohio State. They still have Penn State. So they have the opportunity for more statement wins and then probably a matchup. Whoever wins the East is going to have a matchup with <clears throat> overrated Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. But Michigan does too. They still have Ohio no, that's what I'm State in there, and so, they got the Big Ten championship. So that was going to be my, what I said. The winner of this Michigan-Michigan State game yeah. since they're both undefeated. I, I think Michigan would have a clearer path. A little bit big, more cachet. Li- a little more cachet. They've got the head coach that everybody knows, my former teammate. And I, I would love to see Michigan State get a fair shake if everything was was fair and equal in college football, but unfortunately, Mike, we know that's just so. Not to the case. your point, then, if it comes down to it, let's heaven help me. Let's say Michigan State runs the table, mm. and they're in the conversation 
They got to beat Ohio State in the. In they got to beat Ohio Ten. State. They got to beat Penn State. They got to beat win the Big Ten championship. If game. they do that, they get in. They get in. They Michigan get in. State gets in. Yes, they get in. Okay, because their resume says they've earned, especially. If you see that scenario play out where Georgia beats Alabama and they're a two loss. Yeah, I think it becomes very interesting if, if uh, Alabama gets that second loss. And that that Georgia defense, man, like – They're suffocating. It's old school they're beat you up defense. Beat you up at the line of scrimmage, and they've got some ball hawks. And they're fast and strong, and man. They look like they look like Alabama in 2008. They look like the two, like the first – one of the first championships of Nick Saban when he was able to, to really just physically beat up teams – and, and suffocate them, and, and they just couldn't score. It was only in the later years where you got the Tua's and the Jalen Hurts where they started putting up points and all that kind of good stuff, and, and, and uh, Mac Jones. But when they first started on the scene winning championships, it, it, you know, they were just going to beat you to death. Trent, Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy, those type of running backs, they were just going to bludgeon you. And that looks like what Georgia has done. And obviously, Kirby Smart, one of the, the protégés, of Nick Saban, he's taken that blueprint and he's worked it to perfection down there in Athens, Georgia. Shout out to Keely Ringo from Suaro High School. Yeah. You know, another Arizona kid. Yeah, we talk about all the quarterbacks, but yeah. on the defensive side of the ball, getting it done for the Bulldogs. Only a freshman. Getting it done, and man. He's uh, top. Uh, Talk about making a great decision. One of their leaders in tackles and, and playing some good football for the Bulldogs. Uh, we're a couple weeks away from the first ranking, and then we'll play it out through December to see what we got. But it, it'll be interesting to watch this all play out. Um, and, but I, I agree with you. You know, you look at it, and, and you're hoping and praying if you're the Big Ten, the the Big 12. What do you, what do you say about Oregon and, and, and the, the Pac-12? I, you know, you talk about teams like – That loss to Stanford, that's, that's, a, that's a bad loss. That's a really bad loss. That, 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 it, it's going to be hard to keep that loss off the – the talking board when you start talking about the selection committee. And it feels like it feels like we talk a lot about, you know, the, the Pac-12, the national perspective. on Especially the, after you go beat Ohio State. After you go beat Ohio State. But <sighs> Oregon is – with the loss to Stanford, Oregon is still number seven in the AP poll. It's almost mm. like they're, they're willing the Pac-12 to be in this conversation. But I, I agree with you. Stanford? I mean, I understand that, you know, and, and I love their coach. I mean, I, I am, I'm one of the bigger fans, you know, of Coach Shaw. And I, I've, I've told people, and I've said this publicly, if, if, if my son ever wanted to go to Stanford, I would be A-OK because I got that much love and respect for Brian Shaw. I think he's a hell of a coach. Would you let him play for Jim Harbaugh? i let him play for my teammate. I'd let him do that. I just don't want them going overseas anymore. Like you know, let's 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 stick in, let's stay in the United States and let's 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 focus let's on some football. The, yeah, let's focus on football, not you know undefeated traveling abroad. Ooh, I'm nervous, but about it just this doesn't one. feel like a great undefeated though. It's like, because I just, you're still waiting for the, the you're waiting for Jim Harbaugh to, to be Jim Harbaugh. No matter how many stories they talk about, this feels different. Like you see you, those right, stories. Uh, let me ask you. More importantly, let me ask you this: right. At what point does it become a player thing, not a coach thing? Because if we rewind the clock to year one, year two with Harbaugh, if the punter just gets off a damn kick, we're not talking about that year being as much of a disaster as it was. But at it was going point, to be because they didn't beat Ohio State. That is the game. For Jim Harbaugh, wasn't there a he game? He is winless against Ohio State. Wasn't there a game though where he had like three or four bad calls go against him late in a in a football game when they they probably should have won the game as well? I mean, I, there are some times when players execute as well. Sean, he has been beat up by Ohio. Oh, State. I'm not denying that. So no matter what you talk about any any other game, they were going to always have that one loss. 
because they cannot beat Ohio State. Whether you you, no matter who the coach was, Look, they have not beat Ohio. And State. it feels like this is the if you're going to beat them, this is this you know, feels this like the year, the year. But again, you've got to do it, and you don't get to play Ohio State until you beat Michigan, Michigan State. State with this, and, this weekend. And so, Understand that Ohio State's been next level compared to everything else in the Big Ten. That's fine. But Jim Harbaugh, a lot of years, has lost to both of them. And that is unacceptable. And even you're an ASU guy. Yeah. Like, Michigan had a year where they lost two games one year, regular season, 2018-2019. Lost two games. If any other school, you're thrilled with that. Like, if they lost to start the season to Notre Dame, lost to end the season to, to Ohio State. Yep. Season's done. Over. You can't do that. You know, the, the expectations at Michigan, particularly when they bought back a Michigan man, mm-hmm. you, you, it's unacceptable. Let me ask you this. Are those expectations out of – kind of like we talked yeah. about with Texas. We talk about this with Texas, <laughs> Totally right? out of whack. Yeah, the expe- totally the out of whack. The expectations are, are not – in Nebraska. We talk about this with Nebraska too. I say the same but thing. Nebraska hasn't they, – they're, they're, they're not there. They've they fallen off enough to where they don't – No longer have yeah, those expectations. Yeah, they don't have that, no. But no, I feel but, like it's, uh, it's not warranted with Michigan. It's not warranted with Texas. No, and I disagree with you on Nebraska. If you go – In Nebraska, In yes. Nebraska, you go sit Outside in the stadium. Outside of Nebraska, in, exactly. nobody cares. Go sit in the stadium in Lincoln and ask – I understand that. And they got a Nebraska guy. But here's my – exactly. And that's where it's, it's the exact same thing with I get, I get that. No, I know. And, and it's like Tom Osborne ain't coming back. Right. Bo Schembechler ain't coming back. It ain't 1979 anymore, 1974. Or 1995. Michigan, know, Tommy Michigan you know, it ain't Bo Schembechler, Woody Hayes. But people sitting in that stadium expect that. Yeah. They expect that. But here, here's my thing. When you start talking about national brands, Michigan is still a national brand. Texas is still a national brand. Nebraska, they forced their way into being a national brand. You had to respect them because they just had the best teams in the 90s when they won three or four. You had to give, you had to put them in, but they still weren't a national brand. Nobody outside of Lincoln, Nebraska, and outside the Big 12 really gave two shakes about Nebraska. And, and the fact that they were beating everybody to a pulp, yep. you had to respect that. But as soon as they started to fall off, their national coverage and, and national games started to, to, to fall off and, and to the point where I can't remember the last time I've seen Nebraska being advertised for a nationally televised game. No. No, they, they, you, you, a lot That's of morning. That's true. <laughs> we, we, I do a Saturday morning show, roll into a sports bar. A lot of times Nebraska is getting ready to wrap things up in that About early noon. slot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so – uh, the only time they're getting a national game because there still is something to that name is again when it's an undefeated Michigan team. That game was a national TV game because they were playing Michigan. Michigan, right? Right. It's not because of anything Nebraska bought to the. They table. were almost a homecoming team, man. right? Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, that's not know, good. The, the, the Big Ten West. Yeah, Oof. I'm done. But I, it'll be interesting. And but the the big the Big Twelve and and the Big uh, Ten. You're absolutely right on. They got to prop them up. Oklahoma and the winner of Saturday's game in Michigan, Michigan or Michigan State. They're praying. They're hoping. praying. They're hoping. And they're hoping that is Michigan. I, I, I know, you know, it shouldn't be that way, but the Big Ten is praying that it's Michigan. Yeah. Because they're the brand that is going to elevate to that, that, that top four. They're not going to put Michigan State in that top four if all things are equal. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. It's going to be out to do it. Do we cover everything we need to cover? I, I'm, I'm rolling through this. Yeah, man. All right. We, we'll we, step aside here. I haven't got a lot seen, done. I haven't seen the crew from the back office roll in yet with the pump the brakes. Work. They're ready. Are they ready to go? I'm sure they are. Oh. Oh, there they are. There pulling up is. to the studio. <laughs> All right. We'll step aside one more time. Come back. Pump the brakes and dad jokes. jokes. That's next on Train and Gross. Yep. Welcome back, Train and Gross. It's the time of the podcast you all tune in for. It's Pump the Brakes. It's dad jokes. 
Mm. Sean Crespin, take it away. All right, yeah. so you guys know how it works. I'm going to give you some uh, topics, some statements. You tell me if you're pumping the brakes on it or if you're rolling with it. Okay. So we're going to do, I'm going to do something different this time. Uh-huh. Uh, the first one's going to be a four-part rapid fire. All right, so I'm going to give you a team who is five and two. I want you to, they're, they're leading their division, but I want you to tell me if they're a contender or not in terms of, you know, long-term playoff runs. Okay. Right? But I don't want you to give any, we'll, we'll do the context on it after we get through all four. Oh, so you so just, just want rapid fire. Uh, rapid fire. All right? all right. So the first one from both of you, B-Train, Bengals, go. Uh, playoffs. Oh, playoffs. All right, gross. I agree. Playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah. All right, perfect. So you got, no, not just playoffs, but making a run. Are they a threat? Yeah, they're a I threat. I think they are. Because okay. they, they're young enough to not know any better, and I think they're good enough to not be Pro- afraid of anybody. Proved that this last week, I think. Uh, is that, the, is that the no Baltimore. context part? Because yeah, I was yeah, about ready to tell you about. Yeah, we just did context. Yeah. I was just about ready to tell you about Jamar Chase and my fantasy yeah. team. That's why mm, I'm paying attention. Okay. Uh, be nice to me. Raiders, AFC West. <sighs> yes. Really? Yeah, I think I they're in. Expecting to push the button. Bro. No, I think they're in. And if the question is threat, I think they're going to win the division, but I don't know because that, that division's kind of falling apart around them. Uh, it was Chargers, Raiders. Denver's right? hot garbage. Kansas City. I don't know. Everybody's waiting for Kansas City to bounce out. I don't know. We'll find out. Tennessee Titans. Oh, yes. Legit. Contender, yes. right? Legit. You run the ball like that, you're always going to be. I mean, look, you, 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 that, that will never go out of style. A bruising running back that can carry the load, you can mm-hmm. give it to him 20, 30 times. That, that's always going to be it. All right. And the other 5-2 and two team that's a leader in the division that might be on the fringe, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are going to be in. I don't think they're going to make a run. That's where I'm pumping the and, and they're in. I don't think they're going to make a run either because, again, that division. Like, it's so, so bad. It's I like mean, being the tallest short person. Well, really. but I mean, okay. So then you look at the at the at the schedule. What they would have to do. I mean, I know we can't do context, but no, you can do it. We're done. That's it. Give so, me your context. So okay. let's let's put the Cowboys in the conversation of home field advantage. If the Cowboys should get home field advantage, does that matter with that team? No, because are they better than the Packers? Are they better than the Bucks? Are they better than the Cardinals? Are they better than you name the team? I don't think they are. No, they're no, not. They're not. So if they play any of those teams, they're going to have to play one of those, Seattle or even. Yeah. I, they, I, no, they're not better than them. They already had a crack at Tampa. And lost. And lost. They're going to get a crack at the Cardinals. I don't know if it's going to matter because it's on January 2nd. Like It is going to matter because a home home field and only one team gets the ho- overall number one Depending seed. where the records are, if, yes. they're, if they're close, it's going they'll to have matter. to play. Yes. But um, I, I don't think so. No. Now, even with home field, I don't think so. No. All right, so we're in. Everybody else in Dallas Cowboys. And I'll go back to ten- yeah. And I'll go back to Tennessee. Uh huh. Like I, the more you watch Tennessee play, and to your point about running the ball, absolutely. But the other thing that you get out of Tennessee is, and I don't know, you know where, you know how it happened before, but Ryan Tannehill, he's not going to hurt you like he maybe way back in his like. He's a good. Quarterback. That was coaching, Mike. That, okay, that, that coaching he so had. So now I where mean, he's now, he he is part of the solution and part of the problem. Oh, without question. And then you think about those outside weapons that he has. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, AJ Brown, and then you got Julio Jones. Because now you're going to have to commit eight to the box to stop King Henry. And now you got one on one with those guys. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that because AJ Brown is a bigger, faster Anquan Bolden. Yeah, and no, and no disrespect to the Raiders who were in that conversation. You know, somebody's got to win the AFC West, and you're sitting here with the Kansas City Chiefs seven weeks in and already with four losses. Let me ask you this though: with the Kansas City Chiefs, if they sneak into the playoffs, you don't want any part of them. You, you don't, don't want, want no part of them coming to your house, no. right? None. And they're mad and they're pissed yeah. off because they got to go on the road. None. None. 
so I'm not saying they're, I'm not ruling them out. And you're all. familiar if they got to come back to, to, to Vegas, right. they know Vegas. Or, they if, it's, or if it's the Chargers, yeah, either one. Because yep. I can see that scenario like you saw the Saints and the Bucks last year. Remember the Saints beat them twice in the regular Saints season. Saints whooped that you-know-what in their first game. That's right. But then when you got to the playoffs, yep. it was a different ball game Completely because different. you cannot beat a team three times in a row. Raiders Very and difficult. Chargers played the last week of the season yep. in Las Vegas. Yep. The other thing I don't know about the Raiders is this whole John Gruden effect. Like, I think you got to bounce out of it this weekend where the t- troops circled the wagons. Well, it's been two weeks now. But they won two why games. does Mark Davis keep – adding fuel to this fire. If you're Mark David, don't you just let it go? Nah, he's living with his dad. He's just picking up where his I understand where that's coming from on that one side, but as a team, don't you want this in the rearview mirror? When you talk about distractions and noise? You don't want that name to keep being brought up. Right, right. Well, this week was, the reason you're seeing headlines is because you had the meetings this week. So he was in front of every media member this week. It was going to come up. So, you know, what's he supposed to say at that point? I mean, but the haircut alone says he's not going to be able to be in front of the media much longer. Dude's chilling with a Raider, a white old school Raider jacket and a backpack on, and he's got the bulk. <laughs> he's, he's something, man. He's something. But, yeah. hey, he's comfortable. Uh, okay, so next one I'm going to play a little piece of audio, and then we'll dive into the question, okay? This is Mike Tomlin being asked about the USC job that is open and Carson Palmer associating Mike Tomlin's name with the job. Here's his response this week when asked about it. Mike, at any point in your coaching career, did you ever have an interest or express an interest in being a head coach in the college game? And do you have any idea how that may or may not have led to folks like Ryan and Doug Whaley and Carson Palmer connecting you to some college jobs? Hey guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, That'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Anyone else? (laughs) No. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? Go ahead. So, no, the question is, is he out of line in his response or not? Hell no, he's not out of line. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Yeah. He said, I've got one of the best jobs in professional sports. I would argue. The best. He's got the best job in professional. He's got the best job in the NFL, arguably the, the best, best in job sports. in professional sports. Yes. In, in, in he's all, right. Yeah. There's been three coaches in the history of the entire organization, and all three have won Super Bowls. Yep. So if you're talking about job stability, he's got that. You're talking about a guy that's never had a losing record in 15, in 15 years, years a Super Bowl champion, been to another Super Bowl, You know, and, and you hate to, to go to the race car, but it is one of those where he brought it up. Yeah, you don't hear Andy Reid. You don't hear these guys being talked about taking a step down to go to college and it is a step down in his mind mm-hmm. because yeah, this guy is a hall of famer if his career if his career were to end now his resume says he deserves to be in the hall of fame he's got a better winning percentage than chuck Knoll and a better winning percentage than bill Cowher. if you look at the, the the number of games he's coached been to more super bowls than bill Cowher. or no same same amount same he, amount. he won one lost one yeah Chuck Noll won 57% of his games. Right. Bill Cowher won 62% of his games. Mike Tomlin's won 65% of his games. Chuck won four Super Bowls. 
He won two, but, but okay, but did, Chuck, but did Chuck have a losing record in the first 15 years? Yes, he yeah, did. He did. Yeah. did Bill Cowher have a losing record in his first 15 years? Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. So you're talking about a guy that has been the model of consistency when the entire league is based off of parity. He has found a way to not be average. So for that alone, for him to even be brought up in college, uh, like like he's done something to 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 uh, say that he doesn't deserve that job, I think it's absolutely an insult. And and I think for for him, the way that he answered it, I, I think he did it beautifully. And, and I, as a, as a black man, I cringe when I heard that that questioning that line of questioning that that reporter gave because he should have given some context to it. Like you know. I have to ask this. Right. I don't feel this way, but this is the the conversation. Right. This is what's out there right this now. This is what's out there, Mike. Please forgive me, but you know right. he's, doing, he's doing his job. Right. Yeah. Right. No, it's exactly it. Even even Urban Meyer, who is flaky as the day is long, got the benefit of that context when the question was asked of him. Yeah. When it first came With up. USC. But the last part of that, which I absolutely love about Mike Tomlin, like the the, the nail in the coffin, is that they ain't a checkbook big enough. <laughs> which I I think just. If anybody was thinking about asking that question, the follow-up question, no. I mean, is there anybody more distinct and more, like, matter-of-fact about their answers? Like, there is no wiggle room for anybody to bring up anything about college again right. in reference to Mike Tomlin. With he shut question. that down quick, quick fast, and in a hurry. Right. Come on now. Ain't nobody else you already know. Touching that one. Yes. Uh, let's do one more sports, and I'm going to get to a couple pop culture. Ooh. Bart Scott says Cleveland is absolutely better with Case Keenum instead of Baker Mayfield. Pumping the brakes. Pumping the brakes or not on that. Look, we know Case Keenum had a magical season once upon a time with the Minnesota Vikings. Got him to an NFC Championship game against Philadelphia Eagles. I believe 2017 was mm -hmm. that year. Aside from that year, Case Keenum has been a backup quarterback. He's been an average quarterback to below average quarterback. And I understand that, that Baker Mayfield has had his struggles but let's keep in mind, Baker Mayfield has been one of the more consistent quarterbacks in a terrible franchise. Mm -hmm. Before he got there, the laundry list of quarterbacks that took uh, snaps under center for the Cleveland Browns, it, it was too long to even put on a jersey. I mean, I think, you know, they had that running joke about all the different guys and, and uh, for, uh, oh my goodness, the, the left tackle, uh, uh, Joe Thomas, to to list all the quarterbacks like it was it was actually a, a challenge for him to list I believe it was like 16 quarterbacks <laughs> that he blocked for during his time as the Cleveland Browns uh, you know left tackle so for for Baker Mayfield to go in there and actually get this team into the playoffs have winning records and really have expectations for the first time in a long time, I, I think you got to put some respect on Baker Mayfield's name. Now, is he a top five quarterback? No. Is he a top ten quarterback? No. But he is certainly a much better option than Case Keenum. I'm right there with you. I, I don't I don't know where these things come from, and I think it's a just speaking of distractions. It's disrespectful. Need, it, look, this team only has three losses right now. They still have a chance to salvage their season. The AFC is a lot more parity than there is in the NFC. So wow. three losses, you can be in the conversation, and right? And they, in addition to Baker Mayfield being hurt, they've got a lot of guys that are hurt. Now, I don't know what the long-term or, or, or story is for Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Uh, somebody on, on one of the ESPN radio shows played a clip from a local talk show in Cleveland saying, do you extend Baker Mayfield? Is he your quarterback of the future? And they yes. were arguing back and forth, like local talk radio will, about that part of the conversation. 
But for right now, he's it. And they've got a huge game, I think, against the Steelers this week. And he's he's pretend, he's uh, he's a questionable decision right now for Sunday. So here's the deal. You started talking about Baker Mayfield. He's asking for a lot of money. We talk about Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the latest standard as far as money mm-hmm. for a quarterback of that caliber. Yep. Is he Josh Allen money? No. 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 Is he... Is he going to be below Josh Allen? Absolutely. Now you start talking about what is what is Baltimore going to do with Lamar Jackson? Is he Josh Allen money? Yes. yes. With a little bit more to go with it because he's more involved in the success of that team than Josh Allen is with the Buffalo Bills. So you, if you're Baker Mayfield, you're going to have to eat a little humble pie yeah. because you're not going to necessarily get that big, big money. You're going to get decent money. You're, you're not going to be worried about eating anytime soon. But to get a contract like Josh Allen, I don't think he's quite on the level with that guy. And isn't it ironic that we talk about those two guys, they were all the same draft class. Yep. And Baker Mayfield was number one. Josh Allen was was in the middle. And then he, you had Lamar Jackson at number 32. But number 32 pick has outshined both of all three by of those wide guys. Margin. By a mile. And uh, if the playoffs started today, Cleveland would be in, by the way. Mm-hmm. So this is not – we're not talking about a lost season where you – No. You know. And – I like some of the commercials, so keep words that. <laughs> uh, okay, on to some pop culture here. Halloween this week. Oh, God. It's your favorite holiday, Beach, right? Uh, some of my kids out Mike Leach. Candy. Mike Leach, in an interview on field this week, was went on a rant about uh, the worst candy, and he went on a rant about how bad candy corn is. In an on-field interview, he just tweeted a graphic today <laughs> that said, how to eat candy corn. One, open the bag. Two, pour candy corn into the garbage. And three, eat peanut butter cups. So wow. pump the brakes or not, peanut butter cups, the best Halloween candy. Pump the brakes. What? Bite-sized Snickers, bro. Bite-sized Bite Snickers. Snickers is pretty damn solid. I mean, that's on. I can't hate on that either. But peanut butter cups, to me, has got the win. Peanut butter cups are, are no, they're, they're nothing to sneeze at. But the best is Snickers. Bite-sized Snickers. I don't know about that. And I, you got nothing like what? Mike Leach. No, not about the candy. I'm talking about Mike Leach first. Oh, oh. Uh, Mike Leach to take the the, uh, the shine off of another sub-500 season in the <laughs> SEC West. Nobody likes Mike Leach for his coaching ability. We like Mike Leach for this. I think that a Wildcat can beat a Cougar any day. Hey. Wow. Isn't that the last time we talked about Mike I, Leach? Because we sure as hell ain't been talking about Mike Leach I'll, football games. I'll always wow. back the man for who he is in terms of – so I had to – I do all the, the – when we were doing them, the coaches' interviews with the opposing team for our – pregame show with ASU. Yep. It was always a hassle. You got to go through this SID, who then sets up this, and you got to have like a two-minute window and blah, blah, blah. Whenever I had, we was Washington State week, the SID over this is, yeah, Mike says text him when you're ready. And sat there wow. and chat with me for 15 minutes. Wow. Like who he is, and this is not a show. This is who the man is. Right. And he was so easy to work yeah. with. I'll so give you that. Easy. I, so I, I just, I think the man is awesome. In, in an industry where you got these guys who just think not with they're you. above you and you're, you know what I mean, they're doing you a favor for this and that, it, Mike Leach is just the breath of fresh air at And times. I'm going to go totally off the rails here. Sorry, Candy, I'll come back to your mm-hmm. Snickers. Uh <laughs> You know who else is like that? And I think you told me this because somehow or another, I had to do that same interview, but yeah. with Mike Gundy. Uh-huh. I don't know why I interviewed him. I don't know what the context was. Yeah. Mr. Man so, Mullet? Yeah. And wow. I was worried. That, I'm a man. I'm yeah, worried. Yeah, yeah. Like that yeah. guy comes on to me. Mike, how you doing? Good to talk to you. Mike Gundy. Okay, yeah. mistake. Like You can tell in the first, with guys like that, you can totally. tell in the first 30 seconds what it's going to be like. And he, I think you did this to me. You're like, you got to ask him about dancing in the locker room. Something yes. like that. And he cracked up. And, and yeah. He, 
So, all right, I'll give you that. I still don't like Mike Leach, but I'll give you that. You know who else was awesome like that when he was in college? Cliff Kingsbury. When he was with Texas Tech, we played a home and away with Texas Tech, so I had interviewed him both mm-hmm. both years. One of those guys that'd get on the phone and would actually chat with you for a few minutes yeah. before you hit play, hit record, and start yeah. going. He's, He's also a very young too. guy, so he didn't it know fit, it. Right, right. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'm with you on Snickers, by the way. Really? Yeah. So you're pumping you the brakes on my peanut butter cups, oh, yeah. too? All right. And it's not, I mean, it's it's a soft tap of the brakes, not a pump. Okay. But, you know, Snickers, too, especially the bite size, if you get the bag, like we bought an extra bag and I didn't hand it out. Mm-hmm. Then we ran out of can. Mm-hmm. Give granola bars or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Soy pack, soy soy sauce packages. Wow. Uh, put, put a bag of mini Snickers in the freezer. Oh. oh, without question, bro. So in the freezer, my my crown in the back. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Your dentist thinks. So. Oh yeah, but yeah. frozen Snickers and the bite size. Uh-huh. Look, I'm not a Halloween candy person until November the first. You know, I go oh day get, after. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. I get the I get the seventy percent off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's me all day long. Uh, me, I can look. All right, so do you guys candy do you another lights person. on or lights off on the house? Lights from, all the way off. Thank you. Thank you. All I'm, the way I off. am with you on that. Do not come to my front door asking me from the <laughs> damn thing. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to get a pleasant response. Okay. You might not get a response Hang on at a all. second. Ple- See, that's the thing. I don't even, I, don't, I just don't go to the door. My lights are off and you still ring my doorbell. Oh, you're getting a response. Oh, that's true. That's true. If you if you give all the right signals, lights off, all that good Leave stuff. Leave my house I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Now, we, where we live now, we don't get trick-or-treaters, so I, I don't know. Really? Like, so... I, oh, I used to like the little kids. I like the little kids. I don't have anything against oh, little so kids. You're so cute. Look at you. I would give kids candy anyway. Like I would be like that 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 old guy that that Careful. you know, Mr. Wow, stop. Mr. Barry, like you know, Mr. Barry always has the nice, you know, always has the good candy. You know, we like to go by his place, you know, before we go home, you know, and he's always giving out nice stuff. I would be that guy. I don't need one day to do that, especially a day where you celebrate death. Get out of here. Stop it. Got nothing. All right, so I'm gonna post this as a pre, as a promo for the show and as a PSA. Don't go to B train. Stay away from B train. Just stay away from the house. Period. Like if you don't really have a reason <laughs> to be there, just stay away from the house. Deal. But especially on Halloween. Deal. Don't do it. You got it. Get off my lawn, you damn kid. <laughs> yeah. What are you coming up here in those stupid costumes for? Mm. Uh, okay. Last one. You guys know I love my surveys. Okay. Okay. So there was a there was a poll of 2,000 Americans on Halloween, oh. and they were asked if they believe in the paranormal. 63% of us believe in some type of paranormal activity. Mm. So pump the brakes or not on paranormal activity being real. I think I, I think there are other life forms other than us. I think that we're foolish if we think we're the only life forms in this whole galaxy. I mean, my goodness, as, as vast and as big as it is, for us to be the only living things. I, but I, ghosts. I, well, ghosts, and uh, you kind of miss me with ghosts. I mean, I, I'm all about spirit. I'm, a, you know, I'm a spiritual guy, but mm-hmm. you know, like, like Ghostbusters type ghosts, you know, where they're just haunting a house and all that. No, get out of here with that. Sixty-three percent of us believe in some type. So he's pumping the brakes. I'm thirty-seven. I'm the thirty-seven percent. Okay. I'm pumping the brakes too. Are you really okay? I mean, what are we talking? Fifty-seven. It's a good movie though. Fifty-seven percent of Americans think that ghosts exist. Go back and watch it now, though. Oh yeah, no. Are it's we not pump- a good movie. Oh, how about this? Are we pumping the brakes on the Paul Rudd version coming out? Yes. November. Get it out of here. Pumping the brakes on it. How many times have we seen Ghostbusters? They even had an all-female version of. Yeah, that one was terrible. Right. What are we that doing? That was brutal. There is nothing new under the sun. Can we please get in the, a new idea for movies? Can we leave Ghostbusters in the '80s where it belongs? So because it was even cheesy back then. It was. 
It, it was, was cheesy in the 80s. Think about that. It was cheesy in the 80s. Everything was cheesy in the 80s, which was But great. that was it especially was, cheesy. Yeah, it's true. Stay puffed marshmallow, man. Coming around the corner. <laughs> Told you not so to think about it. 50, wow. Real quick, these not, we'll give you these numbers wow. before we get to the dad joke. 50 per, 57% of Americans out of the 2000 survey think ghosts are real. Mm-hmm. This, These next two make I me... I ain't afraid of them. These next few make me mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. the... the <laughs> wow. 22% think vampires are real. Oh, please stop. And 22% think werewolves are real. Wow. Another 22% think zombies are real. So let me pump the brakes on all of them and hit them with Hold a... Hold up. Yeah. yeah. Way. Right. So that's today's pump the brakes. Now, this is a time of the show where Sean Crespin stands I up. I got to wow. change the page. Yeah, relax, okay. Sir. You were pumping the brakes wow. just fine. Sean Crespin stands up. Yeah. Wow. Here we to go. To do... I knew you were going to do it. I didn't... I don't even think about it, to be honest. I exactly. stand up and it is, I change It these. is so ingrained uh-huh. that you have to stand up. Now, if I, moved, <laughs> if I move the chair and take a couple steps closer to the door. Nah, so here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, B-Train's dad joke of the day. Yeah. He's going to give us a joke. That's no right. matter what, he's going to get one of these. Okay. All right. Quality joke. One we're probably going to tell our friends. <laughs> yep. Laughter. Above and beyond, one we're probably going to put on social media. Uh-huh. Give a standing ovation. But there is always that chance. Ain't no chance you're hitting that button. Ain't no chance. <laughs> it's no chance because my jokes are coming strong. And buddy. this week, Mike Rose gets to handle the button. I'm handling the button. That's your job. <laughs> you and I, how long have we known each other? I don't touch equipment. That's true. That I do not true. touch the equipment. That is true. I started that a long time ago. Yeah. All right. So packages either. I mean, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <clears throat> Yo, man. In Germany, they even have a sausage made of other sausages. Are you kidding me? That's the worst of the worst. what what were you with me on that (laughs) (laughs) wow it may have been delivery (laughs) i i don't know what it was it didn't land what it didn't land i did are you with me on this i nodded i i nodded say you're with me on this (laughs) say it he needs that affirmation (laughs) yeah it's the worst of the i don't know what he's doing (laughs) b-train I mean, it's like it was brought worse. worse. I get it. It just didn't land for some reason. I'm sorry. It just didn't. All of you out there in 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 Spotify and in, in, in YouTube, and YouTube, all you guys, you know the joke was funny. <laughs> I know what our Twitter poll question of the day is. No, it's, def- it's definitely not the worst of the worst. Oh, see, it's not that. The Birch and Berry Redemption. Tour. That was good. That was taking a bad and spinning it. That was good. Wow. That was good. That delivery. Was I had the same delivery. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> now I see why you stand up, though. Why? You were edging out. That like was you. not edging out. I'm telling you, I just, for whatever reason. Like I'm going to come after him for a dad joke. For a dad joke. Over the table. Like he's coming over the table for me. Yeah, I mean, really? Come on. The last time we had the, the wah-wah trombones was like three months ago. It was. One and time. he's still mad about it. I'm, still, still, I'm mad about this one now. He's going to be pissed about this one too. See? He's damn He's damn right. That's why he stands up. <sighs> he doesn't need to stand. I'm not going to hurt him. Just upside the head one time. No, scare him no, a little. No, no, no. Might, might scare him a little. No, bit. none of that. I mean, that's still my guy. Be sure to uh, subscribe. He may, be short, he may be short on the pretzels next week. <laughs> <laughs> Only a half cup? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or no cup? Oh, no boy. cup, but all gross got two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Overflow, overflow. Yeah. Be sure to subscribe. Follow us on uh, or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Yep. Uh, YouTube. Uh, what are they called? Spotify. Spotify Apple. Apple iTunes. 
name all, you name all the places and place we're go, on YouTube. There. Mm-hmm. And of course, follow on Twitter at Train and Gross. We'll see you next time from Train Station Studios. You all right? We well, can't. Hollow. There we go. Aww. I can't leave until you say it. <laughs>